aisle, just a very quick note to say that we did struggle with some audio difficulties for this particular uh, episode. So I do apologise that the sound isn't at its usual uh, quality. We do deeply apologise. However, the content is so good, we still want to share it with you. Thank you so much. A very warm welcome to our Whispers of the Soul podcast, where we host conscious conversations with a spiritual and soulful twist. We and our guest speakers talk about life-changing events orchestrated from our soul so that we can raise the profile of our quieter and more softer voice that comes from our intuition. So stay with us for your next soul download. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Whispers of the Soul. I'm Sally. And I'm Sibby. And uh, today we have the amazing Katie Holland. Um, who's joining us and we can't wait to introduce her and talk to her about some of the just delicious things that um, she does and brings into the world. Um, Katie actually I want to start with a quote that uh, that Katie has has come up with herself which is just awesome which is all movement is divine when the heart is danced awake. Um, so it just gives me goosebumps. It's a bit goosebumpy. We thought we'd yeah. just start with that. Um, but for you lovely listeners um, who are curious about our guest today, the lovely Katie. Katie is an award-winning sacred dance therapist and creator of Awakened Belly Dance. Katie's a renowned professional dancer with a passion for self-empowerment and self-initiation through the conscious movement. Uh, She has supported thousands of people around the world with workshops, trainings and retreats. And Katie's also an inner dance facilitator and trainer. She's a powerful energy whisperer and a Paddy Mermaid instructor. Her natural intuitive ability to hold space is testament to her commitment and a wealth of experience facilitating dance and energy-based workshops globally. Her aim, well, it's to enthuse, empower, cultivate and share this inspirational, magical energy to all she meets. She lives in Sinai, Egypt. Have I said that right? Sinai. Sinai. She lives in Sinai, Egypt, um, after... Uh, living in India, Bali, and Bulgaria for the past 20 years. She is immersing herself in the alchemy of the Blue Lotus and ancient Egyptian teachings. Katie is also the creator of Shakti Pants, Sacred Clothing and Jewelry, as well as the founder and organizer of Serious Retreats, Trainings and Adventures. Um, These extraordinary journeys are full of cultural and ecological experiences not usually found on the tourist trail strange hearing all of that read out it's a bit like and then at the same time I'm like I should put my hair down and yeah but on the other side of it you know you're thinking of all of those gorgeous creations that you're birthing and bringing into the world for people to participate in an experience and it's in it you know everybody's kind of stepping up a little bit more I think as as time goes on and you know we're going through this crazy ascension process so it's just awesome that you're kind of you're out there you're giving yourself fully to this whole process and helping others which you know is phenomenal really and that's testament that introduction is testament to that Mm. yeah and how I'm really because the the first thing that sort of comes to me is um the belly dancing so how how did how did that become because it's it's got a very 
obviously it's got and it's got kind of ancient roots hasn't it um but how how does that um what role does that play in your spiritual life or or the life that you um the way that you teach it how does it kind of help people connect with with their spiritual selves in in movement um I mean, for me personally, I've been studying dance since I was three and I'm 45 now. So all of my life, I don't know anything without dance. And I always knew when I was a child that when I went to dance class, I felt good. That was my kind of basic equation. And then later on, when I started to teach belly dance, I saw the same thing. Women came from all different kind of walks of life and different situations and they had fun, they made new friends, there was a nice community. So it was like, okay, dance equals feeling good. And then I started to to get feedback from people, um, like maybe about their periods, or maybe they'd felt more confident in their body. And because of this confidence in their body, they felt that they could leave their husband or, you know, it was like the ripple effect was massive, or maybe um, they they could go for that promotion at work, or, you know, or, or leave their job that they were doing in the corporate world, and then go into what they really wanted to do. So I started to see all this from, say, just a belly dance class. And uh, and and at the time, I was in my early 20s. So I, although in some ways I didn't have as much life experience maybe as some of these women, but I, I still, I already had two young children by the time I was 24. So I was sort of also in life experience and, and experiencing in my own body what it was like to belly dance whilst being pregnant and afterwards. And um, so I guess really my whole life has been a learning curve like this. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> steep, and, steep. Um, at hyperspeed. And, <laughs> and so I, I guess I started to to kind of gather information and, and understand and and see the effect that this art form, this because belly dance is such a beautiful art form and, and so misrepresented. I started to see the the wider effects of this. And and then also of course when we had student performances and and this was massive for, for women to really be seen. And as well as for myself as well, because of course you're very very vulnerable when you're on stage and um the whole emotional process around that and it that was one of the things that I guess was a a big light bulb moment for me it was in my late 20s when I really went deeply into the self-work after I had this first kundalini experience and I started to study Gurdjieff movements which is all about working with the patterns in your body and emotions and then also show dynamic meditation and I I was living in India at the time and I went back to England and I had some performances and women came to me and they said that they were crying when I danced and I said what I I wasn't doing what anything that I thought was emotional and I I don't maybe it was like a Bollywood dance or something and they said there's something when you danced and it really touched me so this confused me for weeks and I was thinking I didn't learn anything different I it's like there's nothing that I can think of and then I thought the only thing that I've changed or that I've worked on is me like my inner self and then it was like oh they can see it (laughs) when I'm performing because something's opening and and I can show myself in a different way than I was before so I, I had lots of these 
moments through my life which um, collected in a, a giant bag <laughs> of, uh, of information to work with. Wow, that is so so powerful because I think it, we we do we can recognize, can't we? The that if we do the work ourselves or or even just things start to shift within ourselves it reflects back in the outer the outer world I love that story Mm, yeah Yeah. so beautiful and yeah and like you say with it with the idea of belly dance it can there has been some misrepresentation that's that's happened but um just for you listeners I did do a very short small workshop with Katie um so I ha- I've had some experience of, of 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 how she works and how she teaches and it's there's something I want to use the word almost sacred and and quite beautiful and and almost intimate actually um about the whole process which I wasn't expecting or prepared for I just I did come with an open mind but it was just like whoa this has got so many levels mm-hmm. is that something that you find with with people's experience of it um yes and the session that you came to was awakened belly dance so we've got the right. belly dance side of the the technique choreography and performance and then i created a, a dance therapy with belly dance as well which i called awakened belly dance yeah. so they're they're of course interlinked because we're working with the same movements but there's a, a different focus or like a a different um the the, the more belly dance the technique side it's more about the aesthetic and of course enjoying, but, but if you're working towards a performance, it's about how do I look and am I dancing in, in time and with my classmates and everything. With Awake and Belly Dance, it's taking the focus inside. And when I was in my teens and I, I started to get interested in sacred geometry and and then looking at all these interconnected figures of eight and circles. So again, later on, I thought, well, these are the movements we're making with belly dancing in all different parts of our body everything is coming with eights so i thought well if this is if it's creating sacred geometry say on paper or in symbols then this is what we're creating in our body so of course we're we're cultivating energy in a a different way and um so yes awaken belly dance as you say it's like very multifaceted and um and can be very intimate within the group because we're we're going into the deepest parts of ourselves Mm. Yeah. Wow, I can almost imagine I, I can sort of I'm imagining da- people belly dancing, women belly dancing and, and the shapes that they're making, the eight shapes. You know what I mean? I'm getting like a really visual, visual thing. Um but yeah, that's so beautiful. Uh, what I was also what also came to me um is bellies. <laughs> We're often very um I know I've always been negative about that area of my body. And I had a conversation with somebody, I think it was like last year. And I said, you know, the only time I've felt love towards my belly is when I was pregnant. I feel like that area of our bodies can be so, can have such a lot of, um, I don't know what you, your mm. thoughts are, but can have such a lot of sort of negativity directed at it. Yeah. Does that is that something that you find with your with people that come and learn learn you know learn dancing with you? Often the first question people say is, "I don't have to show my belly, do I?" And <laughs> of course you don't. It's um, yeah, it's completely your choice. And 
And it, it's funny, I think most of it, it's from the media. It's this programming that is imposed on us so deeply about what a woman's body should look like. And nothing is taken to, into account about aging or about having babies and stretch marks and cesarean mm. scars. And, you know, I've got all of them. <laughs> it's like mm. I had a 10 pound 10 baby and a nine pound 11 baby. So <laughs> I was stretched and stretched and stretches upon stretches and it's yeah it's a really it's just bizarre it's like the because we we hold so much as you say there and mm. and um and it's the place that we also digest whether it's food or we, we digest life and I think that often this aversion to our belly can be an aversion to digesting life yeah. and in this kind of primal way of um of realizing or 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 admitting to ourselves what we've really come here to do. If that's being repressed, then it's all going into the belly. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. That yeah, and you, there's some, there is something because I, I wanted to ask you about the the conscious movement. There's something, isn't there, when you're um, connecting to well any part of your body, but in this case, your belly, in 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 a way that involves this this technique, this practice. Um, that almost is, I don't know if it kind of offers almost like a rewiring or a reset or just a different level of awareness because you're, you know, with that conscious movement, you're bringing an, a, a, well, it's an awareness, isn't it, to that place potentially in a different way to, to like what Sibby was explaining, how a lot of women can have negative connotations almost to the mm. body. Yeah. And, and in the, the kind of more, belly dance performance and classes world you see women of all shapes sizes ages mm-hmm. with their belly out and really owning it you know no yeah. matter no matter what and this is so beautiful and and women together with all these different sized bellies and yeah. um and on stage so I, I really really love this and and I think again for me because I was so young when I got into it it was really inspiring to see women feeling comfortable in their bodies mm-hmm. and um and then for the conscious movement part of it it's not only our belly we're bringing awareness to our whole self so it becomes a full body knowing because of course epigenetically we're holding so much everywhere and even if we're holding it in one place say oh we we've got an acre of pain somewhere and and maybe it isn't actually ours maybe we're holding it for somebody in our ancestry or something in the collective and this is then knocking our energy system out of balance mm-hmm. so it, it's finding these places and looking at them and okay what what can I do with this and how how is it affecting me and how long how many lifetimes have I been holding this for and and then having the freedom of choice so it, it's coming more into empowerment and, and self-initiation that the person can really take responsibility for their own healing and, and self-empowerment that yeah. that's really interesting because I was going to ask you about the energy whispering side of it so you've kind of already said there about that beautiful link and yeah just for people um listening could you explain a little bit more about that side of of the work that you do yeah um I've trained in in several kinds of energy healing modalities I guess you could call it um uh, Reiki when I was um, again in my early 20s so I taught Reiki for about eight years um I don't do Reiki now um 
and and then I trained in different courses from access consciousness so a lot of people will have heard of access bars and yes. I've I've done several of their courses and then uh, teach the access bars course and energetic facelift as well and then um along the way through through the different dance modalities or like the more movement therapy so inner dance that I trained in and Sufi whirling and then the the Gurdjieff and Osho uh, meditation stuff and again I couldn't tell you it's this is from this and this is from this because of course it's like a big amalgamation yeah but I I started to be able to connect to my body and then other people's bodies in a different way and and also because I've had several uh, big kundalini experiences but as time has gone on and even up until recently um I've had a lot of recall about when I was a child so I know at the minute I've remembered back to when I was three and that I I had a big awakening at that point that was um partly psychic attack from uh extraterrestrial side and um partly because of epigenetically the the abilities within my family and um and this this was a a kind of ripping open of my crown I guess is the the simplest way to say it so I, I was exposed to to lots and lots of information and then some other things happened again when I was seven and um and and then as I got to a teenager I I did my best to (laughs) close it all down because I didn't know how to deal with it of course and I didn't speak to anyone about it but I was seeing hearing feeling it was like a bombardment day and night and um lots of ET abduction experiences um um yeah all kinds of things combined with going to a clairvoyant circle for three years from when I was seven to ten because my my grandparents had died by the time I was seven and and then other people in my extended family so my parents were looking for answers somehow I was also going to these clairvoyant circles so I was sitting with much much older people and it was like an open circle so people could get up and give each other readings. My dad was doing this. And then I, I imagined that they were doing things like chakra meditations. And because I remember different kinds of guided meditation, but I can't remember exactly what. So I, I was really exposed to um, yeah, a, an immense amount of information. Yeah. And then I then I did an immense amount of partying as a teenager. To... <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, Do you and know it, what? Um, can I just uh, say, Katie, thank you for being that open and honest about your experiences, because, you know, there are people out there that have had these sorts of experiences and are just feeling too afraid to either acknowledge mm-hmm. them or speak about them. I had very similar, similar childhood to, to how you're describing, very, very similar um, and I did the same when I got to teenager, just shut it down. Um, so it's just, yeah. I just think it's so empowering for people mm-hmm. to, you know, speak up and say what they've had and experienced and to encourage others to do the same as well. So uh, just thank you from myself yeah. and other people listening to, um, yeah, share that because it's important, isn't it, to have these sorts of discussions and be open about these experiences because, you know, everything isn't all 
you know, fluffy rainbows and unicorns all of the time. You know, we've got this other side, haven't we? And we've just, if we can drop the fear and be more aware of other things, it, it makes a massive impact, I think. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to interject. Yeah. And say that. No, no, that's all right. And, and I'm not sure if I've actually ever experienced the fluffy unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, me neither, me neither. <laughs> I was hoping that was on your serious retreats. <laughs> well, yes, I can provide that <laughs> in my own personal life. <laughs> yeah, so I, I through all of this, I, I had to do a lot of self work and and masses of shadow work. And of course, where this is something that lots of people want to avoid and escape from, but it's really the key to everything and and it doesn't have to be misery and doom and gloom either it can be fun um but it, it's something that i feel is ongoing and and we're, we're just gradually picking the pieces and the layers and uh and i guess like you said about me speaking because for quite a few years i've been giving podcasts and things and and as the time has gone on i'm i'm speaking more and more about stuff and i know that the next years there'll be even more to come because I thought I have to do this because there's so many people coming to me that have not only experienced abuse but ritual abuse and things like mind control programming and yeah. and it it's so in society but not talked about mm-hmm. and um okay. and there's not many people who who are able to support people in this way and also of course often people come and they don't even know themselves but there's certain things that I notice maybe from their response or from things they say about their dreams and things and I think okay another one found me (laughs) yes yeah yeah can you can you tell me um or us a bit more about kundalini like what does that mean I started to look into it myself recently and and but I'm my knowledge is very is very minimal so could you tell us a bit more about that and and also what an awakening um for you look looked like in, in as in a kundalini awakening I have to think of this because there's several parts and, and one part of it is something that I've recently started to talk about as well that I felt for many years but I, I wasn't talking about it openly so in the let's say in the mainstream general information about kundalini it's it's that there's this kind of um life force you could say or like our our soul essence that sits as a, a snake at the base of our spine this kind of awakened through different kinds of practices kundalini rises so this this is usually something that's done slowly in stages it can also be over lifetimes and of course the ultimate goal is enlightenment and samadhi so um this can be something that people get addicted to only in in the chase of it so when they have felt it they they want that dopamine hit and so they're looking for you know like anything they're looking for ways how this can be activated um what i've been looking at is that potentially there's some kind of overlay implant system mm-hmm. and then if you think about the chakras because of the way it's like compartments through the body and people talk about okay well if you balance this then it balances this and you balance that and then that but they're never in balance it's like one thing and the whole it's all out again so like it it just didn't 
there were certain parts of it that didn't make sense to me or that didn't sort of sit with me. So I started to think, okay, well, like many things, is this this uh, aspect of something that's been taught, the real truth has been hidden again. And then in the same way, they're also holding lots of entities. And it's like when you, of course, when you open your energy, and especially if you don't know how to kind of protect yourself or keep your energetic boundaries you're open to everything this is the same with astral travel with say ayahuasca even with something like cacao that or or like blue lotus as well it's like blue lotus is so subtle but it's still changing your consciousness Mm. in a very deep way and because of these experiences growing up and these attacks you could call it uh, and and how I had to learn to really stay in my body and feel safe in my body and to take care of my energy and, and not take on other people's energy as well. Because, of course, when you're very empathic, you feel like you're here to be responsible and heal everybody in the yeah. world and you start taking on everything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when I let go of that, life got so much easier. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. Oh. yeah. So, um, okay, so I'll come back to that, but just... Your other question of what happened for me, I was 27, so this was uh, 2006 to 7. I hadn't been doing anything intentionally to work with my Kundalini. As I said, I was very psychic and very sensitive. I was really hit. And when you, of course, when you open your energy, it's like, how is it affecting me? And but as I came to, I heard this voice saying, you have to create this therapy with belly dance. And this was like very clear. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because at that time, I, I was fully in the showbiz world in India performing. And um, I was really in this yeah, celebrity world and, and also dealing with the shadow sides of that and so I, I was really feeling like I have to stay in my integrity because for me it was like, I'm going to be a dancer, mm. get paid, go home to my kids, you know, be on the beach with them. We were living in Goa. And um, so suddenly I get this message and I was like, oh God, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, how? And I, I just cried for two months and I couldn't get up I kept collapsing um my body literally changed overnight I was like a skeleton I didn't have fever it was like not possible in this realm what happened to me physically um I had a complete burnout of my nervous system my adrenals um and uh it was more like just dealing with how to sort of not cry and um, all the realizations I was having about um, my life and 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 also coming to this point of I've worked so hard to have my dream job and which was what I was doing and I'd accomplished everything and, and that I'd wanted and, and beyond it was like things I could have never dreamed of and then thinking okay I'm 27 and I, I did everything that I I wanted and then okay now now what do I do where where do I go and and sort of so then became well began an eight-year journey into what became Awaken Belly Dance um so it was massive really massive and 
and very frustrating because of course I thought oh yeah okay I'm going to create this therapy and then it was like no information you know nothing was happening so it would stop and start in this way and then you know like all I had this endless kind of chatter going on Mm. and so I had to really change that and say to myself who am I not to bring this into the world who am I not to do this this is like something that I've been I realized I'd been carrying also since I was very small and then that time I I realized that I had to step away from this celebrity world and move from India I got a very strong call to move to Bali and uh, so it took about two years of hearing this go to Bali go to Bali and step out of the dream job and I was like oh no (laughs) you know even my dad said to me what what on earth are you gonna do so we went to Bali so um so it was very healing for me and and then more and more information was coming through so that I could then go okay well this is awakened belly dance and when that happened I again had another big kundalini um, explosion I wasn't conscious this time but it combined with a urinary tract infection and was very, very terrible, <laughs> let's say. And uh, I, I I was screaming and had this massive sacral clearing and was totally out of my body because I was in so much pain. And in that time, I got all these final informations about the name Awaken Belly Dance, the logo, the, the kind of final keys about how I could get it from my body to someone else to understand, say, for, for trainings. Because I, I'd been experimenting and holding sessions all those years, and I was calling it different names like conscious belly dance and tantric belly dance and and, and just trying things out and seeing what would happen and, and again, building up my, my information. And, um, and so... This time in Bali was really like the boom, okay. And mm. yeah, and then that that was it really. It was uh into the world. So um so that's now been the last eight or nine years and and again also evolving as well. And and then going back to what I was saying with the chakras of Kundalini is um the way that I've experienced it has been it very extreme. And I've mm. I've only met handful of people that have been through this kind of experience and and also I've been hit by lightning and um, I mean I've had so many crazy things happen that have all been about this kind of electricity <clears throat> building up in my body and um and it's been through learning how to um yeah how how to manage myself that I've learned how to then work with other people and then lots of people have come to me where They've gone to to other modalities that they've had. They've been blasted open, and um, and then just left. And then, of course, they're they're open to everything. So it it's a really um, tricky business. This mm. and, and Kundalini so marketed, but mostly people who haven't actually had a Kundalini experience themselves. And the other part of it as well that I came to realize is that. We're told that Kundalini is something outside of us that we we're trying to work towards, or that yeah, we're trying yeah. to grasp. Mm. Actually, if Kundalini is our life force, it's already in us because we wouldn't be alive. 
So, <laughs> so as everything in this world, it's been inverted. And, and actually what it is, is that it's all the things in between. So our fears, our traumas, the, the ancestors' fears and beliefs around power that we're holding. It's all of this um, not feeling worthy, which, like I said, I had a big thing about this. This is when we get the integration and this is really when our power comes into play. So I don't even really like to call it Kundalini because it, it's being so misused. And so hopefully that makes sense in a, yeah. in a wiggly way. <laughs> it's so interesting what you were saying about, you know, people can misinterpret that as to what that means and maybe go down, oh, is it a like a Kundalini experience? Yeah. But it's it's not actually, it's, it's just you kind of... <laughs> Flowing. you know can't yeah um but that that's it's so interesting listening to all of what you were just saying because I was looking at um you'd you'd wrote about helping people with um uh chakra the chakra overlay removal which I think you what basically you've just been explaining isn't it and um yeah. the etheric implant removal and the psychic surgery all of that sort of stuff which again it's not um there's not loads of people that or doing that kind of work I just feel like like with most things and, and when we kind of awaken and, and have a more of a conscious connection it's through these sorts of conversations that facilitate that so that it doesn't feel like it's too out there or it's too it's something that you can't talk about or share um yeah because you know we're so yeah. complex aren't we it's, yeah and and also I think the the stigma about death because in all the things that you're saying what's the worst that can happen is okay you're gonna die and we're conditioned again to have such a fear of death and and yeah. this confusion and when when people are also again really connecting with themselves and allowing themselves to to be multi-dimensional you can access all of these realms and experience a disintegration of of the physical and and of yourself and then you know that everything is going is okay everything is fine and um it's it's like not allowing yourself to be in this box of fear and um and again you know speaking about extreme experiences like now I've I've almost physically died five times now and I've had uh, countless um sort of near-death experiences and out-of-body astral travel experiences and again from when I was a child and I'm really not an adrenaline junkie type person <laughs> that's you know putting really not and uh this crazy shit happens and um this is my friends and they're like don't tell me you've just nearly died <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I've, I've had again. I'm, I'm not sure how many times now I've had memories of being born, and literally, I'm in the birth canal with my hands and feet on the walls. Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> like, and person, like, the last time I saw it, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Like, I thought I'm being born, and it was like, "No, I'm not going to this." <laughs> That's, that is fascinating isn't it what, what's really like there's so many things coming to me like while you've been talking but yeah. what what one of the things is um the body and you know how your you find your purpose through movement and and then the extreme physical 
experiences that you've been through that have you know awakened you which which is interesting isn't it because um and thinking about sort of the psychic surgery and things you know we're, we're so the body obviously the body is our our three-dimensional vehicle isn't it um but things like you know thinking about our energetic bodies as well and how it all links up and how it more and more people are awakening to to that that we need to give this attention to all of our bodies <laughs> you know not just the physical yeah and and that we have this physical body so it's it's not by accident or what we think of as physical and and it, it's really a tool that we can yeah. learn through and that it, and also this idea that our body's carrying our soul but maybe the soul is actually carrying the body because yeah it's so big and yeah. we we were again being told look outside of yourself for for the answers or for what you want but it's all everything is here yeah and and this is gathered from you know from the beginning we've got all of it and um it's it's giving ourselves permission to have access to that Well, um, I, I mean, I think we're kind of running out of time. I would have loved to have asked you about the uh, blue lotus work and the um, ancient Egyptian techniques because I see, I see so the much. blue lotus oil. Actually, a few people have been talking about that in my circle, but I don't really fully understand um, what it is. Or I can say something quickly about it. If you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. So, um, it, it's a, a plant in, or flower indigenous to Egypt and um very revered in ancient times and if you go to the temples especially um Luxor, Abydos, Dendera and um, Abydos and Dendera is where they had the, the dream sleep temples and um they were doing lots of experiments again about astral travel um creating near-death experiences and this also interested me because they, they were working with the Blue Lotus and, and there's also, I found a hieroglyph on the outside, one of the temples where it shows a woman with the lotus and also magic mushrooms. And it's very obviously mushrooms. So we think that they were combining them because of course there's not really any information. Um, it, there's a prayer or a spell in the Egyptian Book of the Dead about becoming the lotus. And we know that they use the oil for the as part of the embalming, and they've found lotus flowers within the bandages. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's not really a, a, yeah like a huge amount. So um, I've been working a lot, holding ceremonies, and um, and and again gathering sort of information from our own bodies with my friend Mona, and she grows the lotus in Cairo. It's um, called the Together Temple, so it's grown in a, a ceremonial way. And um, and we, what we realised, and, and also from this legend of the lotus, is that everybody holds a part of the puzzle, and it's about synergy that everybody brings those pieces together in a, an equal way that everybody rises up. So it's absolutely not about somebody being the queen of the lotus, and and that she she brings to you what it what you need. So for me, I've had masses of ancestral. Um, kind of openings and, and healings to working with her and um, and that's been it's four years now since it was in the lockdown because I got stuck in England for the first eight months and I thought what am I going to do and of course all my my work and travel was cancelled and I managed to get some blue lotus and I thought okay let's 
let's see, because I, I've always had crazy dreams and experiences at night. And I thought maybe this can help me to make more sense. And um, and then had no idea I would end up living in, in Egypt. This happens. Wow. The, the next year 2021 and then when I looked back I could see because people said to me oh it's because of the dance and are you going to dance there and uh, I was like it's because of the lotus she's pulling me in and um and so I I've been working a lot when I've been coming to teach in England as well and, and combining with awake and belly dance also and and doing lots of workshops about becoming the lotus and and again these different stages because the, the lotus is very connected to the resurrection it's like the whole story of the birth death life and as I said earlier it's very subtle it's not like mushrooms or ayahuasca or anything it's oh. it's um some people don't even feel any any kind of tangible effects mm. but the it yeah it comes in the dreams mostly yeah wow it sounds awesome I have yeah. really weird dreams I'd, I'd I really like to try it actually I do mine are really vivid and very film-like almost you know they're <laughs> yeah. very the whole narrative yeah. <laughs> really yeah <laughs> so yeah maybe I need to try yeah. <laughs> well then it, then it's the question of what what's awake and what's the dream it's the, yes mm, yes what, i know what yeah. reality is it really yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah that's it's just so interesting when you switch because you know sometimes i'll switch from observing to being in it to recognizing people that don't look like the people that i recognize them to be to like really other kind of level dreams and i'm like is that a dream or am i is that me somewhere else or you know it's kind of it just opens everything up doesn't it the dream like had where you have where where there's somebody in a dream that's got that looks like somebody else but has the energy of a different person have you ever Mm. had that it's really like somebody but they've got the energy of somebody else isn't that funny isn't that yeah it's fascinating yeah yeah (laughs) when this happens if you can kind of teach yourself to do it and remember in the dream and ask truth who are you and ask this three times and then see see if what you think is somebody if it changes okay and, and shows the the true energy or the true face and okay, um i just uh, i mean i know we're running out of time but <laughs> um so i had this th- when i was going through that whole crazy stuff and I, I i guess it was partly psychic attack partly entity stuff in my dreams basically i was getting thrown about all the time literally mm. thrown um but every single dream i couldn't see who was doing it it was like it was invisible um and when i was seven actually when i was a kid i used to dream of a black panther stalking and i, I through through some shaman work and you know doing having some um shamanic healing i came to understand that the panther was a like a power animal not not to be feared but it kind of had one paw that yeah. side like shadow and the other paw the other side and so it kind of was a, a bridge to help me understand um but yeah, yeah this dream that i had that it happened for years year, like 10 years constantly and i still never got behind the invisible it stopped because I, I did some more work and kind of realized it was more about me owning my own power like you was explaining before about mm. how that can kind of leave you open um and it stopped yeah. I still to this day don't understand that and so I'd love to kind of I still feel like there's some questions around it if that makes sense 
Yeah. Yeah. And what I realized over over the years is that because I had things like that as a child, this a couple of recurring dreams all the time. Yeah. And often in these dreams, things were happening maybe to my family where I would agree to anything in the dream. I'd say, please just leave them and you know do this instead or and when I started looking at things like soul contracts and and yeah, like astral attacks, I realized that this is when you make those contracts. Ah. They're they're like orchestrated dreams um, to get you to agree to things that you wouldn't usually agree to because you think it's a dream. And um so then you're you're making these unconscious agreements, but energetically they're held. And then this, because I kept thinking, I'm not given permission for these yeah. things to happen. And yeah. like, why is it so difficult to, why does it feel so difficult to kind of keep this, this like energetic boundary for myself? And why, why do I feel that all these really crazy things are happening? And then I don't, I can't remember what it was, but one day it just clicked. And I thought that dream when I was a kid I was always, I was making the contract myself because oh. I I was so desperate to change the story. And then I would wake up and I'd be crying and realize, oh, my sister's, because we were small and in the bed sleeping together. And I think I was four and she was two and, and thinking, oh, no, she is alive. It's okay. And then it would happen again and again. So there's lots of things like this that are happening in the astral where, yeah, we're... Um, these illusionary reality mm. states mm. that you know that makes mm. so much sense and you know the astral I feel changed a lot over the years is still changing now but you know when you do think it's a dream it's a, a, from what you just said I'm I'm kind of going back now it's an easy way in isn't it to get those sneakily but get yeah. those permissions in because the Black Panther dream was one of my recurring and a seven-year-old I'm not thinking about Black Panthers particularly I don't think I'd watched didn't even know if Jungle Book was the, the thing then but anyway show my age now um but yeah it's interesting isn't it how these things can come in and you just don't even think about that wow yeah. that's given me food for thought mm-hmm. thank you Katie yeah <laughs> well we will um we will wrap it up and uh um it's just been an absolute delight from really start has. to finish thank you so much yeah. for joining us and really appreciate thank you your, for inviting me. yeah re- like really appreciate your honesty as well and about your journey and it's really powerful and yeah I'm going to be going away thinking about all sorts of yeah things now and definitely yeah. thank and you everything that you've already you know shared and you've given me information and links I'll put all that on the show notes so you know for people listening they can find you right. and find out more about you and if they want to connect and follow you they can do that so I'll, I'll make sure I include all of that um but yeah oh, thank, thank you so, so much. much thank you Katie <laughs> thanks for listening so if you would like to connect to us elsewhere in the multiverse well you can you can find me Sally at thecreativeyou.co.uk or on Instagram as the.creative.u for Sibby, her website is healingrights.com and she's also on Instagram as Sibby Rights. Lots of love. See you soon. <laughs>